Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast. <clears throat> My name is Jeff. It's episode 99. I'll talk to you about how it's all connected. Welcome in. Welcome to another episode. I think uh, maybe by the end of uh, this episode, you'll understand kind of why I chose that song right there to to intro in, and probably didn't make any sense right now, but it will in a minute here. So, um, hey, yeah. So episode ninety nine, uh, got to plan something big for one hundred, right? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. I got a few ideas. I'm knocking around, uh, but honestly, I should have saved this one for one hundred because I, I think this this idea. That, that that I'm about to share with you is probably, of all the episodes, definitely the most, you know, of all my solo episodes, I think this is going to be one that uh, I recommend. If you don't listen to any other one, this is the one to listen to. This is the singular thing, the, the, the most all-encompassing philosophy that I have, that I know I'm not alone in having this. I'm sure there have been other people that have, you know, kind of created their own way of spinning this, but, uh, you know, I, I think this is probably the most important episode I'm going to do. Uh, I know that's a bold statement, uh, but I really mean it. I, re- I really mean it. Uh, cause everything is connected. It's all connected. <clears throat> and so where I go with that is, you know, it all kind of manifests in your, in your body. Right. And, it, you know, I'll, I'll explain here in a minute where, where I'm going. Uh, I know I'm kind of bouncing all over the place for a second, but you know, I, the overarching goal for me personally is, and, and if you're listening to this, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it's your goal as well to have your health span match your lifespan. And what I mean by that is you, you want to live the optimal life all the way until you, you know, till the wheels fall off, right? You don't want to have this life of sadness and sorrow and inability to move and, uh, wriggle with, uh, guilt and strife and sorrow and pain and all of the things, man, that I have been through. And I know you have too. Like we're all having this human experience, right? Uh, this limited amount of time. We can't even understand the amount of time that we're going to have on the other side of this finite experience, right? But for the 87 and a half years that you're going to be on this planet, hopefully longer, right? You want your health span to match your lifespan. And so I think what a lot of people focus on uh, is, you know, the shortcuts, the hacks, the ways to get there quicker. Well, there is no hack. There is no shortcut. There's no way to have your health span match your lifespan without an absorbent amount of work with with tremendous amount of research and application of not only, you know, your, your body, your brain, your mind, relationships, mental health, diet, exercise, avoiding disease, Finding the right work-life balance, finding the light, right, uh, you know, amount of money that's going to satiate that desire for either ego or uh, toys, or for some of us, you know, just being able to pay the bills and, and not stress out about money. And uh, you know, I think also to add to that would be a spiritual experience as well, right? So where does all of this fit in? Well, it's all connected. I mean, it, it really is all connected. You can't just say. It's one thing I love when I get this uh, question, either, you know, if somebody's interviewing me or if I'm coaching somebody or if I'm at work and somebody says, you know, well, what caused that? 
or what was the thing that, you know, uh, how did you lose 10 pounds? Well, it wasn't just one thing. I'd love to say, uh, you know, and Hey, I don't, I don't need to lose 10 pounds. I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, as an example that, uh, you know, if somebody came to you and said, Hey, how, how did you achieve this goal? Right. Whatever this mini goal was. Well, it's never a singular thing. It's all connected. It's never just one thing. It's like, well, I quit eating X, Y, and Z. I stopped eating meat and then I lost all the weight I needed. That's the only thing you have to do. I promise. That's the get rich quick plan. All you have to do is take this pill and you'll be smarter. Your brain will optimize, right? Uh, you'll think clearer. Uh, you know, it's got a little bit of caffeine, all these natural herbs and yada, 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 right? If you take this pill, this is the get rich quick plan. This is the easy button. This is the red pill in Neo and in, in the matrix, right? Where everything will be clear. Was it the red or the blue? Either way, you get my point. There's no quick fix. There's no hack. Everything requires some form of work and it's all connected. And so let's start with the body because I think that probably is the most underrated, uh, undervalued but maybe the most important part of this whole process, right? So if we start with the body, right? Uh, I have to recommend Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Excuse me, Besser van der Kolk. I uh, hope I'm saying that right. Uh, the Body Keeps the Score is such a great book. And it talks about how when you have traumatic experiences, whether it be in childhood or throughout your life, that you know they all manifest in different ways in your body, right? It, it could be that, um, you know, whatever that trauma was now, this is, this is something that has a visceral response in your body. When, when, uh, when you do uh, NLP, when you, when you go to therapy and you're doing EMDR or you're doing, uh, some of these other, uh, healing modalities, the therapist or psychiatrist will, will ask you to, um, Think about how that conjures up feelings in your in your body, and I think I've talked about this uh, on here before. But you know, do you? For me, it was always sweating and a clenched jaw for for most things. Uh, anxiety, uh, you know, it's going to be sweating, uh, lack lack of appetite, <clears throat> clenched jaw, and um, maybe I'll grind my teeth, ball my fists. Uh, you know, everything gets tighter in my chest. Uh, anyway, uh, the body is telling you before your mind actually knows that there's something going on. Your body is having a visceral response. Uh, I've had a couple of panic attacks due to high anxiety uh, later in my life. And, you know, the body was telling me already, my blood pressure was going up. My armpits started sweating. Uh, you know, I had trouble focusing. It seemed like I was kind of outside of my body, looking at my body, uh, you know, looking at this happening. Uh, and then <clears throat> the one thing I got to where I could slow down was meditation. That was the singular thing. I mean, they could throw pills at me. They could give me, they could say, you know, take this pill or, you know, you need to do yada, yada X, Y, and Z is, is the, this, you know, the cure. Well, meditation worked for me, but that's not the end all be all. There was a lot of things involved there, right? Uh, that, that, uh, kind of get you through. Uh, and so I think it all starts in the body, right? That's, that's what I'm getting at. So it's all connected, but it all starts in the body and the body keeps the score. And it starts from these little traumas, these death by a thousand cuts, or for some of us, it's one singular traumatic event that exponentially magnifies other events in your life that, you know, maybe you're just hypersensitive to it. You know, maybe you were sexually abused uh, as a kid. And then whenever someone in a, um, you know, or anytime you get intimate, 
you want to shut it down at a certain level, and then that becomes a minor traumatic event, uh, event right? So that they talk about the big T, little T, right? So if you have one big T, one big traumatic event, even if it's to somebody else, it may not be a traumatic event. I could look at it on the outside and say, dude, suck it up, you know, or, or what, what, what's the big deal? Like, that, that's nothing. I've been smacked in the butt a hundred times. Okay, yeah, but maybe you didn't have, you know, the, the, the big T that I'm talking about, right? And so those little T's do add up and do matter. And the body does keep the score. And it doesn't just apply for sexual trauma. It applies for abandonment. It, it applies for uh, survivor's guilt. If you knew somebody in war that died, or maybe you just knew somebody that died of COVID, the guy that sits next to me at work just died of COVID, right? That's a little T. Like literally this guy sat less than six feet away from me every day and he died of COVID, right? Not COVID related he died of COVID. He was on a ventilator, died of COVID. That's a little T, right? So to say that didn't impact me in some small way, I mean, we didn't hang out on a regular basis, but he was a good man and deserved to live his life as far as I could tell. So that's a little T, right? And the body keeps the score. So pay attention to those little T's, pay attention to what's manifesting in your body because everything is connected and there's probably something else going on, if you just pay attention to the bells and whistles and the warning signs that are going off, you'll be able to tune into them and maybe, maybe you can do something about it, right? So that's Body Keeps the Score. Read that book, please. And when you go through your life, there's these places where these things show up, right? Because most of us don't just sit in a, in a bubble, right? We don't operate in a vacuum. We interact with other people throughout the nature of our work, throughout the nature of our relationships, uh, hobbies, all of these things. We, you, you do not operate in a vacuum. You do not work in a bubble. Most of us have to earn a paycheck to pay our bills. Not, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you know, you're getting something out of what I'm sharing, most likely it, you're not in a place in your life where either you didn't have to work or uh, or you don't have to work, or maybe you earned the ability to not work. Uh, most likely I, I would, th- that may be an assumption, but I highly doubt there's just most of my listenership. Uh, most of my, I don't want to say fan base. That sounds, I don't even like that, but uh, <laughs> most of you that are tuning in, you either work to get where you are to where you don't have to work as hard or don't have to work at all, or you're still working now, Right. So I would just posit this question. I would just ask you, and I'll give you a second to think about it because I think it's very important. Do you work now to thrive or to survive? So I'll give you a second to think about it after I kind of explain it. So are you a person that goes to work nine to five, checks the box, does the bare minimum, right? You, you make this box go over here and you package it and then you take credit for it and then you ship it off and that's that's the end of your day and when you clock out you leave work behind you simply work to survive it's simply a job or do you work to thrive are you a person that enjoys what you do you're passionate about it you strive for the most positive outcome for everyone involved um you know, you try to better yourself, whether it be leadership or followership or both or meritocracy. I'd also recommend Ray Dalio's principles when we're talking about this kind of stuff. I mean, everybody talks about Jocko Willink and hey, man, dichotomy and, uh, you know, uh, extreme ownership. Great reads. But check out Ray Dalio's uh, principles. Uh, shout out to my boy, uh, John Tyler, that recommended that thing to me. 
Uh, very, very, very good book. Uh, so think about that for a second. Do you work to thrive or survive? And why? So if you placed yourself in a category there, and I hate to categorize somebody because, again, it's all connected, right? So you could be 60-40. It's all a Venn diagram, right? I know this is going to sound wishy-washy. I'm a very, uh, you know, structured person. My day is very structured. Uh, However, if you work to survive first, I'll say that's fine. I say that's great. If that fills you up, you know, if that, hey, I work here to get a paycheck, I don't want to socialize with anybody I work with. I don't want to pour anything extra into this. And I'm just not affected by what happens here. If, if, if they fire me, fine, I'll go find another job, right? If, if I let somebody down, whatever, man, like I'm here to earn a paycheck and, and get out of here. I, I kind of, I just want to say like, I think that's okay. As long as it's all connected, right? As long as that doesn't manifest somewhere else in your life, like you're not doing your best or you're not, you know, going the extra mile because, it just doesn't matter to you. It's not what fills you up. And you have all these other things that fill you up, right? Maybe you work at, you know, as a Walmart greeter, uh, just to get a, like a small paycheck. And on the side, you're doing all this volunteer work, or you're doing, you know, all these projects that maybe bring in a supplemental income, but it's not your nine to five, right? And I think that's great. I think, I think that's okay, as long as you're okay with that, right? Because it's all connected. So if you're doing a job to survive, but you're a person that thrives on thriving, right? If you're a person that thrives on the stress, on the, on the crunch, on the, on the, you know, going above and beyond, then it's going to be connected. It'll manifest into your mental health. You know, you'll feel, you know, it won't fan, it won't billow the fire of your, um, of your ego, right? And it'll just, I, I, do you know what a billow is? I guess it's, I'm from Texas. Like, you know, we build fires everywhere. This is, this is like, number one prime thing we do <laughs> we watch uh what what does my dad call it uh what, oh caveman tv yeah <laughs> uh anyway so you know it doesn't fan the flame it doesn't provide oxygen to the to the flame in order to um make the flame go higher and boost your ego and you know kind of give you some validation i caution you to be careful about uh doing things for validation however if you work to survive i think that's okay with the understanding that it's a nine to five in order to provide you uh, maybe your, your singular thing that fills you up is being a mother, being a father. I think that's great. If you only work just to do that thing that makes you happy in life, I think that's fine, but it's all connected. So don't be in the wrong job thinking that you're going to fill up the cup that you're supposed to be in because what will end up happening is it'll manifest in other places in your life, your mental health, your physical health. So if you work to thrive, I can relate to this. I'm passionate about my work. I, I always have been. Um, I've never, even jobs that were before I joined the military that, you know, uh, worked at a Christmas tree lot. I've I've held a job since I was, I think 14 was when I started working at a a Christmas tree lot. And I've never gone without work. Like literally, I don't know that I've ever gone a day without work in my entire life. And every job I've done, this isn't about me, but I think you can relate if you're in this bucket, if you're in this thrive bucket, right? You work to thrive. You want to do the best possible job. You want the upward mobility. You want the extra responsibility. You want the extra accountability. I operate under stressors. Uh, stressors. My phone. When, okay, so I get to work at like five o'clock in the morning. Today I didn't even eat my lunch. I'm recording this at five forty nine. Still, this is not healthy. And 
<laughs> it's all connected, right? So now I need to eat, right? Because now I'm 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 over here on my soapbox telling you that's all connected, and we need we should uh, take care of our vessels. Uh, and our body is the vessel, right? And our health span should match our lifespan. Here I am, I haven't eaten all day. But what happens is I get so passionate, I get so fired up. My my boots hit the ground on at work before zero five hundred. And I don't take a lunch break. I'm grinding. My phone's ringing all day. I'm getting, you know, 7,000 steps, you know, before lunchtime. And I thrive in that environment. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying that's the way you should do it. I'm not saying that, you know, that is the way to go. What I'm saying is you need to know what you're working for. And if you're working to thrive, that's okay. It's it don't, don't complain about being busy because you thrive in that environment. Right. And, and it would be hypocritical and, preposterous for me to say, oh man, you know, I'm so busy. I didn't even get to eat my lunch. Well, that's a choice. It really is. I made it a choice because it, you know, I, I think I talked about on here, maybe a, a video, but it's, it's never that you didn't have time or that you couldn't do something. It's that it wasn't a priority. So I could have eaten lunch. I just didn't make it a priority. I decided that, you know, I'd rather grind a little bit more and get a little more accomplished to get a little further ahead to maybe, you know, get the project a little further down the line, right. To get, to get more, uh, production done. Uh, if I can just wait until I get home to slow down enough to take a bite, I'm not saying that's healthy for everyone. I'm not saying that's the right answer. What I'm saying is I know where I thrive and that's what helps me mentally, physically, um, maybe not physically, it could be argued, but shoot, I'm operating fine. Right. Uh, so anyway, it's all connected, right? So think about your work, think about what you're doing. And if you're in the wrong category, as far as if you're thriving or striving or surviving, maybe switch jobs, you know, maybe switch to a job that if you're in a job that's pulling you in a hundred different directions and you're miserable, you can't keep up. You don't, you get in your face punched in every day cause you just can't keep up. Well, it's not that you suck at life. It's not that you suck at this job. Well, maybe it is that you suck at the job, <laughs> but really the better answer is that's not the right job for you, right? You're coming home, you're depressed, you're stressed out, you can't keep up, you know, everything is slowing down, you, you know, your boss is on your case, you know, you you, you missed a, a major event, uh, you, you know, the mission went south, uh, you know, you didn't get those TPS reports in, whatever the thing is, maybe it's an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, it's not that I suck at life, it's that everything is connected and I'm just in the wrong position. I would be much better suited in one of these positions where I actually just, you know, I'm a bean counter and that's fine. Like we need bean counters. And then in your off time, you coach your daughter's softball league and you're kicking butt at that. And that's what you were put on this planet to do. Right. And then your mental health and your physical health, and it'll all like, it'll all come around and help you strive or thrive in a different environment. Right. All right, I beat that one up enough. That work to thrive or do you work to survive? Get in the right, get in the right headspace and get in the right physical space. In your mental health, let's talk about this. All right, so you know, I think a lot of us try to separate this out into different. We try to compartmentalize which buckets of health. Like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about your mental health? Like, hey, I'm in, I'm the model of physical health, but you know, I got all of these mental health issues. I'm addicted to X, Y, and Z. Uh, I'm addicted to actually, Hey, oh man, here's a great example. And this is probably going to, uh, not surprise a whole lot of you, but I'll just give you an example and maybe it'll relate to you. Right. So on Facebook and Instagram, especially around 2014, I was uh, 15. Uh, I was the model, I'd say maybe even up to like 2018. So for a, a few years, uh, 
for many years, maybe maybe even a decade. Um, on the outside, it looked like the model of physical health, right? Uh, and I say that humbly, guys. I'm not bragging about it, you know, but I was the guy that could go out and crush it. You know, I would do 80-20 bricks, so 80-mile bike ride, 20-mile run, just because, just just for training, right? Uh, not, and that's not on any Ironman training plan. I just wanted to prove that I could do it to myself and to everybody else that I was a badass, right? And, uh, you know, my, my diet, I thought my diet was perfect. Like I'm eating all this protein, all this animal protein and like, you know, Hey man, all of this is really, you know, I'm, I am the model of health, right? Well, actually what happened was my, not only was my mental health not where it needed to be, but I was using the ultra, ultra, ultra endurance stuff as a coping mechanism for mental health stuff that I just wasn't dealing with. And so counterintuitively what happened was I was breaking down my body and I had issues, right? I had, uh, you know, knee problems, overuse injuries. And I'm please, I'm not saying Ironman triathlon is a way, you know, not healthy. There's a healthy way to do triathlon, especially, uh, shorter distances, but Ironman as well. There's a healthy way to do it. What I'm saying is I wasn't doing that. I was overtraining. I wasn't even following a training plan. My goal was to crush it as hard as I could every day so that one, I felt good about myself, right? It gave me some validation that I wasn't a dirtbag, uh, that I was good enough. And a lot of this stemmed from just not feeling like I deserved to be loved. Uh, but also it gave me the validation from others. Like, look at that guy. He's crushing it, right? Well, no, I wasn't. I mean, the, the numbers may have been impressive, but on the flip side of that coin, that was the easy thing for me to do. I wasn't getting outside of my comfort zone. I was that was my comfort zone. My comfort zone is struggling as hard as I can physically. That that is not hard for me. And guys, I'm not bragging about it. I'm not saying that's the right way. What I'm saying is if if you look at it from an outside, you're like, oh man, this guy's really cool, like dealing with pain and getting outside of his comfort zone. Wrong. Uh, that's easy for me. That's the easy button. Let me compartmentalize all the pain and put it out on the road for you know, 50 mile run for no reason, uh, not even effective training. Right. So was that healthy? Was that, you know, was that helping my mental health and honestly my physical health because I was overtraining and probably depleting myself of the, the proper nutrients that, you know, I probably knew in the back of my mind that I was not on a healthy diet, but I thought that, you know, this was like the man card thing to do. Like I eat all the meat. Right. Um, so that, that's just my example. I hope that relates to you. Uh, you know, it, it's not about me. It's, it's, it's about you. Uh, but in those ways, you know, how is, how is having these, this diet and exercise, can you go overboard to where, you know, it's not helping you cause it's all connected. Is it, is it hurting your mental health and, and honestly your physical health just because you're trying so hard to force that, uh, round or that square peg in a round hole. Right. Uh, and so I do think that when we get it dialed in correctly, uh, there is, it's, it's very hard to do, uh, but when we get it dialed in correctly, the science proves that there is a way to counteract disease, right? Uh, and that is not like all of these major, major, major extremes. Uh, and it, it definitely, just because you, you know, you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet, right? So, oh, I ran 10 miles today. I can eat a whole pizza. Wrong answer. Like it's all connected. Like your body knows, your body keeps the score. Your body knows what's going on, man. <laughs> like you're not smarter than your body. I promise you. Uh, 
And, and the same goes with disease. It's all connected, right? So if you know that you're genetically prone to disease or if you're doing something in your body like smoking, but oh, I only smoke like, you know, once a week. Well, we know that causes cancer, right? Uh, so if that's worth it to you, fair, uh, you know, you, you know, it's happening and you're on board with it. Kind of like the, the work to survive, you know, if that's a guilty pleasure of yours, uh, Hey, listen, I, I like having a couple of Miller lights at the end of the night, or maybe a glass of wine with some dark chocolate. You know, I, I, I got no problem admitting that. Uh, of course I, I do it responsibly. Uh, you know, I, I definitely am not, uh, where I was in my twenties, but, uh, you, you know, with that stuff, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to say we all need to be, um, extreme on either side of the spectrum. But what I am saying is, <clears throat> you know, what is causing disease in your life and nothing is going to counterbalance that. Right. So no amount of running I'm doing is going to counterbalance the, the, the Miller lights. Right. I mean, we can tell ourselves that. And there's a theory called exercise bulimia where, uh, you know, it's not that you're throwing up your food. It's that, and we'll, you know, Hey, look, we're all in that spectrum somewhere too. If you're into fitness, it's like, Oh, I ate like shit last night. I better get some miles in tomorrow, right? Uh, hey, I've been there, you know, uh, definitely. Uh, but we know what's causing the disease in our in our bodies and in our mental health. A lot of times it's harder to detect, but we know the tools that are out there to help us, right? There's therapy, there's EMDR, there's, um, uh, you know, there's, I mean, even if you need to take a trip to Costa Rica and try some psychedelics to, to get this uh, ego dissolved, to get yourself cleared out, or if you need to, you know, maybe get on some SSRIs for a short amount of time. We know what's out there, what, what may work for you. And the thing is that even though it's all connected, it's so different for each one of us. It's a different recipe because we have different genetic makeup and different history. Nobody has, we're like all snowflakes out here, man. Like nobody has lived my life. I have not lived your life. I can't sit in your shoes and say, I know what it's like with your skin color to get pulled over by a police officer. Same way you can't say that you know what it's like for me, a dude with tattoos, to sit in a boardroom and brief a two-star admiral with tattoos on my hand, right? It, you don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. I don't know what it's like when you eat a certain amount of food or when you pray to a certain God or when you meditate a certain amount. It, but I, I do know that it's all connected, right? Going with the mental health thing, I, I want to give you an example of how the the body keeps a score and how, you know, it, it all ties together, right? So this is another pretty transparency uh, moment for Jeff here. Uh, when my mental health was, when my anxiety was probably at a peak, it had a lot to do uh, with processing a lot of trauma. I, I spent so many years compartmentalizing trauma that you guys, if you go back to episode 50, can, you know, go through all that. Uh, if you feel like it, no, not a pro, not a not a plug or anything, but just letting you know, I'm not going to revisit it here. But I've gone through a lot of trauma, and, and I'm sure I'm not discrediting anybody else's trauma. But through a lot of that trauma, processing it in a short amount of time, coupled on top of COVID, coupled on top of getting out of the military, coupled on top of not having a job, right? Um, all of this transition kind of left me in this very uh, vulnerable state, high anxiety. Um, and I'm still a, by nature an, a relatively anxious person. Uh, I think I've shared on here before, you know, I do have PTSD. I do have anxiety. I have had panic attacks. Um, but there was also that adjustment disorder that was going on at the same time. And so, uh, I don't know that that ever goes away. Um, but certainly it, it does get better with processing, with therapy, with talk therapy, uh, you know, and the other things I discussed. So, 
what happened with me with my mental health is my blood pressure would go up and I knew I know what it feels like for my blood pressure to go up. If you have high blood pressure or you, I do not have high blood pressure, but I can feel it go up when my anxiety gets high. And so I'd go into the doctor's office and I would know that I was about to start talking about these really hard things. Right. So mind you, this is why where I'm going to get that. It's all connected. Right. Mind you, I know there's nothing that's going to happen at this doctor's appointment. That's going to be crushing. Like I'm going to talk to this doctor. Uh, he or she is going to, uh, listen to my problems, uh, give me the best possible solution, uh, get, maybe give me a referral to a therapist, a, a psychiatrist. Maybe they're going to you know, prescribe some SSRIs that I have the decision to take or not. Uh, you know, I had nothing to lose, and yet my anxiety was so high, my blood pressure would be like 140 over 90, and they wanted to put me on blood pressure medicine. And then at the end of the appointment, we'd have to take my blood pressure again, and it would have gone down. The other thing that would happen was I would just get these crazy sweats in my armpits, Uh, I had to give a, well, I didn't have to, I got the pleasure and honor of giving, uh, the, the, the speech guy, I'm having a brain fart. What's it called? The, uh, I was the, uh, guest speaker at a commissioning ceremony for one of my, uh, one of, one of my really, uh, I'm so proud of this guy, Stevie Mutria. And so I got there and I'd written a great speech, hugely. I mean, I spent a lot of time on this and I thought it was great. I, I was confident in what I wrote. Uh, I didn't have to ad lib anything. I mean, of course I will a little bit, but I was very confident getting up there. And yet for some reason I started sweating in my khakis, like this huge armpit sweat when I know what I wrote was good. Right. Again, the body keeps the score. My anxiety was so high. It was so connected. And cause I, there were so many other things going on. Like, am I going to let him down? Am I a failure? Is this, you know, uh, and look, I'm not even afraid of public speaking clearly. Right. It had, there was something else. Uh, and I still haven't been able to put my finger on exactly what it was, but there was something else going on where the body keeps the score. The body manifests things. It's all connected. There was something, something to do with the mental aspect of what I had to deliver that manifested in, in a physical way. Right. And, and I was able to get through it and, you know, I, I, I hope it, it landed well. Um, but anyway, that's, that's ways that, that prove that it's all connected, right? Your, your mental health will manifest in your body with, you know, I even think if you think you're going to get sick, you get sick. If you feel like you're susceptible, I think there's a mental correlation to someone who's strong minded that says, Hey, you know, I work out every day. I eat right. I wash my hands. I wear my mask. I keep six feet apart. If I got COVID, I'd probably, well, I don't want to be cavalier with my advice here. I'm not saying to not take COVID seriously by any means, but what I am saying is I do think there's a mental aspect to your ability to ward off disease and immune, uh, Uh, you know, it's all connected. If you believe, if you know, if you're doing things in order to help your body mentally, it'll appear physically as well. All right. Relationships. So I think this happens as well with, uh, there are ways that a relationship can negatively impact you physically and mentally. I think we're, I don't even know if I need to talk about the ways it can impact you mentally, right? I mean, you can get depressed if you're in a relationship that's failing. You can get lonely. You can get sad. You can have anxiety that somebody's going to leave you. Um, you can feel depressed. You can feel isolated. You can feel ostracized. You can feel stressed out. You can be angry. You can be so angry. Um, There's so many mental health things that can happen. If you get abused in a relationship, right, then you can pay that forward or, excuse me, carry that on to the next relationship, if you don't dissect it and get some help for it and, and, or just process it. Right. Um, 
So I think this one's pretty obvious how a bad relationship, be it a relationship with a person or a relationship with anything in your life, right? I've said this before on here that I believe we're in a relationship with everything. You're in a relationship with money. You're in a relationship with food. You're in a relationship with your car, with your wardrobe. Uh, but specifically speaking, relationships with people. And this is, I recorded a live video about, you know, having a necessary ending. This is kind of one of those necessary endings that I think can be a blessing if you're in a toxic relationship that, you know, wasn't serving you or the other person. This is a necessary ending. And it's really hard to see it at the time, but it's probably manifesting in your body. There's probably something you're doing to your body or your body's telling you because this relationship is toxic. This is why people self-mutilate. This is why people cut themselves. This is why people uh, take up other addictions. You know, they, they quit eating because it's the only thing they can control. By not eating food, now I control this and nobody can take this control away from me. I've read books about this. Uh, I'm not an expert, disclaimer, not a doctor. However, if, if you've ever had uh, anorexia, I think you know that, or, or most eating disorders, right? It's, it's a form of something that you can control. So if you can't control this relationship failing, you know, let me drink a bottle of whiskey at night and, or, you know, I'm just going to quit eating because um, that's something I can control in my life that's out of control, right? Uh, so those are just a, a couple of ways where a relationship can not only affect you mentally, but then it affects you uh, physically as well because it's a manifestation where, you know, again, the body keeps the score. The last thing, and I, I don't know, you know, this one I'm going to have to kind of dance around a little bit because we all um, we all have different spiritual beliefs. Uh, I am a Christian. I'm, I'm, I don't hide my spirituality. I don't apologize for it. Uh, you know, I know there are a lot of naysayers. I know there are a lot of scientific people that operate mostly on the right brain hemisphere. And they say, I can't prove that. I can't prove that God exists. I can't prove that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I'm not here to make that argument right now. I'm not here to push my Christianity on anyone. And I respect all other religions. In fact, uh, the last episode I interviewed was a Muslim, right? Uh, Sam Serini. Uh, I respect his religion. I think he's a great man. And I think it, you know, let's just be common sense wise. I think it's probably better that you do have a spirituality about you, that you pray to something because then you understand that it's not about you. It's a, you know, you're, uh, you're a small, small, small portion of this huge grandiose, uh, existence that not only is during the, again, the 87 and a half years you're on this planet, but it transcends into the afterlife, right? And if you don't believe in some form of afterlife, I honestly feel pretty sorry for you uh, because that means you, you get uh, a very small portion of joy. Uh, you know, I, I believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience. I say that all the time on here. Um, so where I'm going with that is how it's all connected, right? So whatever your faith is, I strongly encourage you to have one. Uh, you know, if that faith needs to smart, excuse me, start very small, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to read into it and see what's up with, uh, you know, this faith, right. Or maybe, you know, you don't need to believe in in a specific, you know, you don't need to put a label on it. Christian, Catholic, Muslim, uh, Protestant, uh, Mormon, uh, you get where I'm going. Maybe you don't need to put a title on it. Maybe you just pray to the universe or the energy or the earth, you know, mother earth. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm getting a little woo woo here. Uh, but where I'm going with this is it's all connected, right? 
And your ability to have a belief in a higher power lets you know that it's not about you. And that, you know, ultimately, when you think you can control things, the reality is you cannot, right? The Buddhist philosophy is huge on this, right? Well, I don't know that this is a spirituality. In fact, it's it's not. But the, the Stoic uh, philosophy of, you know, control the things that you can control, right? Well, that's, that's Muslim too, or uh, excuse me, Buddhist as well. Uh, but... You know, the great Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, um, you know, all these guys talk about, you know, control the things that are within your control, the things you cannot, you know, let them go, right? And so spirituality keeps us all connected, keeps us all in this understanding that, um, you know, your total wellness does not thrive upon one facet, does not thrive. You will not thrive in your total wellness with one spoke of the wheel. Oh, you make a lot of money? Cool story. You're miserable. I wonder how happy Bill Gates is. I really do. I wonder how many friends he hangs out with and cuts cuts loose, you know, just really lets his hair down and says, ha ha, that was cool. Let's go out here and ride this motorcycle and, you know, goof off. You know, um, I'm not saying that's not the case, but I don't know. There is a line of diminishing returns, I believe, when it comes to making money. Uh, but that, that, you know, I digress. What, what I'm getting at is, you know, if you think that one pillar of this stuff is going to help you thrive and that if you just lock down your job or if you just lock down that that one person that you are meant to marry, this, you know, this Prince Charming that's going to save you from the castle and, you know, slay the dragon, then that's the one thing. Or if you just had kids, like that would just solve everything because you were put on this planet to be a father. And that that's the only thing that's going to make you happy. Well, I got news for you. It's all connected. And it all starts in your body. The body keeps the score. The body is the manifestation. So many things that's going on spiritually, physically, mentally. It's all connected. And it starts in the body. All right, guys. I'm going to get out of here. If you got anything out of this, share it. That'd be cool. I love you.